podcast. Um, happy Veterans Day. We are recording this on yeah. Veterans Day. Happy Veterans Day. To all those uh, win- men and women of the world that have uh, protected our freedoms, you know, cannot uh, go without saying, can never say enough about what they do, you know. Um, and, uh, you know, it's something that, uh, you know, and we can spend a minute on this, even though people will get this episode a couple of days after Veterans Day. You know, I, I, um, it's something that didn't really occur to me as much when I was younger, you know, how much important this day was, you yeah. know, I, I would watch movies like, you know, Saving Private Ryan and, and, and films like that. And back 20 years ago, and I, I knew how important they were, you know, and, uh, and that, but I didn't realize, I think until I got much older, how much Veterans Day meant for so many people. And, uh, you know, I knew in my back of my mind that my grandfather was a veteran and, and people I knew, but I never just occurred to me the importance of it. And I think Saving Private Ryan might be one of those first movies that made me realize the importance of it, you know, as I got older. And then um, and I was thinking about today, uh, AMC was doing a all-day Band of Brothers, you know, which is one of the, considered one of the greatest television miniseries of all time. And mm-hmm. but a lot of war veterans that watched it even said it's the best thing they've ever seen that portrayed what they went through, um, you know, and uh and, you know, it's like you watch that stuff now as I've gotten older, you get a little more emotional about it, you know, because you appreciate it so much. And uh, and now 20 years past since those movies and Band of Brothers, Saving Private Ryan, I've come to know a lot more veterans in my life, you know, and my brother-in-law and other people. Um, so I think that it shows the importance of what they do for us, you know, because we wouldn't be here podcasting and doing things like this without our freedoms protected, you know. That's right, man. We'd be uh, we'd be speaking German or worse. <laughs> Well, not even exist <laughs> you know yeah who knows right? i mean there's there the the possibilities of what ifs are um are are sometimes endless but that, but uh right, that man. is also why you do things like watch films and in television shows or read comic books to escape from the realities of the world and what if possibilities like the movie we're doing today is very much a what if possibility yeah. of a to, total to, total totalitarian governments and things like that um so you know and, and and God, I mean, I also I will get into it here in a little bit, but I forgot just how damn good this film is too. Um, yeah, it, remarkably, it <laughs> really fucking good. And it had been a while since I saw it. I'm like, wow, this is a. And I started thinking, why is this movie not talked about more? Because it's really good. Um, but we'll we'll get into that in just a bit, man. But how are you, man? I've been. If I cough a lot during today's show, people, I apologize. I've been pretty fucking sick, honestly. And uh, man, maybe I have COVID. I don't know. I don't go test anymore. But uh, I just haven't felt good all fucking week. So if I cough a bit. My apologies, man. I'm I'm right there with you, man. It's I've just been feeling crummy this week. It's uh, you know, the weather changes. You know, everyone in the home's been sick. It's uh, it's that time of the year where, um, you know, there's a, a change in the weather and and you know people's immune systems are tested, and uh, it's yay or nay. You know, you just kind of run with it, um. But, uh, you know, other than that, you know, been good. Uh, you watched a, a new movie this week. Um, and, uh, you know, this movie, it's uh, Jim Caviezel, um, Sound of Freedom. Uh, it was a movie that was uh, kind of touted as like a like a right wing movie, but it's it's really not. It's like neither. It's not really political at all. It's just bringing light to a you know, an issue with child trafficking. And it's, it's definitely one of those movies where you watch. And if you're a dad or a mom, it it tugs at your, 
your biggest fear, you know, losing your kids, possibly having them taken away from you. And it's, it follows a, a true story of Homeland Security agent, uh, Tim Ballard, um, and kind of touches on, on his story. It's well shot. Uh, it's, it's definitely doesn't look like it was made for 13 million. Um, it's, uh, it's actually pretty good, but it's, I mean, I would wait until, till you could rent it. It's a, it's a little steep to buy it for, for something you're only going to watch once. Cause I, I, I'll tell you, it's, it's one of those films you only watch once, um, because it's, well, it's, uh, it's supposed to become Amazon has the rights to it. It should be on Amazon prime pretty soon. It, yeah, man, it's heavy. It's a heavy film. Um, you know, so if you, if you don't feel anything after you watch that film, it's, uh, you know, have yourself tested, uh, emotionally for like being a sociopath or something, <laughs> but it's, uh, yeah, man, I, I, I bought it. So it's, uh, it's on my voodoo. Um, and then we, uh, man, I tried to watch uh, murder on the Orient express because you had talked about that, that, uh, threequel, uh, and, I, man, I, I was I got a little tired because I woke up early this morning to do a run and and uh, I got comfortable. And so I fell asleep in the middle of it and then came back up at the end. And I'm like, man, I feel like this movie is like pretty good uh, and probably need to watch the whole entirety of it. <laughs> but it's pretty it cool. Usually because, helps. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Daisy Ridley's in it. Uh, uh Judy Dench, uh, William Defoe, uh, Johnny Depp. It's, I mean, it's fucking packed, man. Um, cast. yeah. So I, I definitely want to work my way through it. So I'm going to have to watch it again and, uh, and, and watch it properly. It's funny because I started watching the second one, but I haven't finished it yet. Ah, yeah. Gal, <laughs> Gal's in the second one. So oh, yeah. uh, she's looking quite Gal up too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> fucking Gal, man. Can't go wrong. But, uh, but yeah, those are, that's really like the only two things I want to say, I think, oh, you know, I I tried to watch, uh, that Netflix series that came out, that world war two series, all the light that we can save with, with, uh, well, that's one Peter Jackson produced. Yeah. Peter Jackson produced. Um, I watched the first episode and it's more like a documentary though, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's, uh, I need to do some more research. I don't know if it's based on a true story, if it's a, or if it's a documentary, mockumentary, um, but it's uh, based in world war two. And it's about um, German soldiers trying to find this uh, blind girl that's reading. She kind of reads over short ray wave radio in this Jewish town. And um, she's, her uncle is having her uh, read certain ex- excerpts um, so that she can alert the resistance um, and allied forces and help drive out the Germans. And the Germans are kind of like on their last leg anyways. They feel like the the war is not in their favor. And, you know, it's already at that point. And so they're trying to find this girl. Um, but one of the German shoulder, soldiers is kind of like, you know, questioning authority, questioning himself and and you know, the war's motives on the German side. And he kind of just wants to find this girl, I think, because he's interested in her. I think it's six episodes. So um, I've watched the first one um, and, and that's it. So, you know, maybe I'll, I'll get to the second one. We'll see. 
Right. Hmm. Um, yeah, man, I actually um, watched. Um, I actually sat down and um, I watched because I watched it with my daughter, to be fair. But uh, I watched the live action Little Mermaid with her. Oh, um, wow. It's actually better than I would, thought it would be. Um, you know, it's, you know, they, um, it's really, it's, it's well shot, really well done, well acted. Um, you know, it's, you know, the story already. I mean, about Ariel wanting to be a human because she falls in love with one and yeah. she gets her voice taken away from her and she has to get it back. And, uh, and credit to, to Holly, ha Haley Berry, Hallie, I think. Haley Berry. Yeah. Is, uh, she's really good in it. And, um, you know, I usually find, um, uh, Melissa McCarthy annoying, but she's, she's fine and what she works with in this. And uh, she looked like she'd be Ursula. Yeah, she does a good job. I mean, you know, they add a couple of songs to it, just like did the live action versions of the other Disney films. And this is the first time that I really didn't mind the added songs. You know, um, I felt they were OK. Um, you know, like the Beating the Beast added songs just were kind of weird and out of place, you know. But yeah. these these added songs, they were they were fine. They 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 didn't really take you out of the film, you know, the. Um, but, it, but it was good, man. I actually was a little surprised with myself, how much I found myself enjoying it. Thought it was better because I had really not much desire at all to see it. And then, uh, she, she wanted me to watch it with her and I was like, oh, this is actually really well done. Um, you know, uh, so, you know, it's on Disney plus, so it's easy to watch. Um, so I watched that with her and it was pretty good. Um, there's a show I've been watching on Netflix also. Um, uh, it's a one, you know, when Netflix a couple years ago first came out with their, Netflix animes, we all kind of rolled our eyes a little bit. And some of them, you know, the Transformers one was okay. The Godzilla one was kind of boring. Yeah. Um, but the the Bastard remake has been okay, other than there's no nudity in it. They keep teasing you with snakes planted in front of nipples, and it pisses me off. Um, <laughs> you know, when I watch the Bastard the remake. <laughs> I actually think the Bastard remake is pretty good, except like they like if you're going to show it, show it. Don't tease me, damn it. Yeah, I do. <laughs> Good um, or not, you know. So I've been watching uh, this new one they have called Blue Eyed Samurai, and man, this is good. Um, and it does not tease you; it shows you everything. Don't let the kids be around when this is on, because oh, wow. it has a very kind of kid friendly animated look to it, right? Yeah. Um, it, but it's it's very adult, extremely gory, um, lots of nudity, uh, ninja a, scroll stuff, a very mature story, uh, but a really good story about this this female um samurai who uh is going on a quest of revenge is basically kill bill meets summarize in a lot of ways in fact okay. they even use some of the music from the kill bill trailer in one scene i don't know oh, if that was nice. coincidence or what or, or a homage to kill bill or what it was but uh, they actually use that in there and i'm two episodes in and, and this this is not like a 20 minute anime these are like 45 minute episodes so it plays out like a like a real television show and um and it's it's really good so far um, there's a big reveal at the end of the first episode where that you find out if you haven't, if you don't read the synopsis of the show, I guess you wouldn't know, but most of us read the synopsis of the shows nowadays. And that's the fact that she is a female. They play it up as a secret throughout the whole first episode. Then you get to the end and they reveal and you're kind of like, well, I already knew that because I read the synopsis. Yeah. I guess that's for the one out of 10 people that did not read the synopsis of the show before they watched it. You know? Um, <laughs> Which was, I thought, kind of strange, like how hard they kept it to be a secret that she was a female. Um, but it's good, man. Uh, yeah, really well written. It's getting really good reviews. I mean, I think it's sitting like in a 9 out of 10 on IMDb. and It's only been out for about a week or so, but it, it's it's very well done. Um, but it's called Blue-Eyed Samurai. It's on Netflix now. And uh, 
Um, so far, so good. I'm definitely going to uh, keep watching to get, get into it more. Um, other than that, I man, I don't think I watched much else this week um, other than the movie we covered. And, and uh, I, man, I, but then again, I feel like there was something else I watched, but maybe I didn't. Um, I do not remember. I'm getting old. I can't remember everything. I don't remember. Yeah. No, I sometimes just can't. I can't remember everything. I'm just, I can't. I can't, damn it. And the kids want you to remember everything. You're like, sorry, I forgot something, child. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I mean, I watch, like, old stuff. But not, that's the only new things I really watch, you know. So, but uh, the Blue-Eyed Summer, I highly recommend on on Netflix. Um, but um, I wanted to watch The Fighter. I mean, I'm not the fighter, the killer. Um, yeah, but it just came out yesterday. I'll I'll yeah. watch it. It's Fincher. I'll I'll watch it eventually. Yeah, I like, like I like that. I'm seeing a new film from him. Well, you, know? you got to be in the right mind. You got to be like anytime you're gonna watch a Fincher film, you got to kind of be ready for it because you know you're in for mm -hmm. something heavy. You know, you're not gonna laugh. You're not gonna cry or smile. You got to be kind of ready for yeah, something I think heavy. Seven, Fincher, you know. You know? <laughs> I mean, I like almost everything he's done except I just I did not like Gone Girl at all. You know, that one I did. Oh, yeah. Most of the time, I like Fincher films. Um, the so women yeah, like I'll, Gone Girl. They like, huh? The women like Gone Girl. Yeah, like, I just watch it. Care for it. Watch it, boys. Um, but I'll, I'll, I'll watch, I'll get around to Washington Killer. Like I said, it just came out yesterday. So, you know, to be fair, it's hard. You know, it's only 24 hours. I think we're given a pass. We haven't watched that one yet. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's kind of cool to see, um, you know, that we're getting some big directors doing movies for you know these uh, these these streaming services. Um, yeah, that's it, man. That's all I really watched. Um, so uh, I guess that gives us a good time to get in some news. Um, the Hollywood strikes are over. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, um, man. Now it, it doesn't prevent anything that's already been delayed from being delayed. You know, we, we already yeah. have to wait longer for Mission Impossible, and hopefully, we get some news soon about Beyond the Spire Verse is when that trilogy is going to conclude. Um, but there's some news, you know, we're unfortunately due to the shakeups, we're only going to get one Marvel movie next year, but that'll be Deadpool three in July. They went ahead and pushed Captain America, new world order back to February of next year of 2025. Um, some people say that's believe the rumors that's due to reshoots are going to happen because the first test screenings before the supposed first trailer was going to come out did not go well. <laughs> I saw um, that too. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I never know what to make of those because, you know, those test screens, here's the thing, people, man, those test screens are held in such small, small markets. Like, you know, they'll, they'll test screen that film in LA or like some podunk town. It's a small group of people they show them to, they have to sign indie, you know, non-disclosure agreements and stuff. And so it's hard to believe if when word really gets out, like, did they really test bad? You know, yeah. Um, like James Wan, he's shot that down before in the Aquaman reshoots. He goes, I don't know where people hear this. No one has really seen our film, and people are saying we tested it terribly. You know, James Wan has shot that down. Now, do you believe the director? Do you believe people? And that's just the confusion of the internet now. You know, like what is real? Yeah. What's not? You know, um, of course, you obviously on the flip side, a director like James Wan is going to play up his film. But you know, someone that signed a non-disclosure agreement, are they taking a risk by saying something and they're going to get in trouble? You know, because you can get in a lot of trouble for that if you're saying something. Uh -huh. like that. So you know, so it's hard to say what to believe. Um, uh, I, I, if anything, I would believe the reshoots may tend to be more to get things in line with whatever the hell's going on with Marvel with Kang and the multiverse and all this, and maybe they just need to make sure these films fit right. Um, yeah, 
you know, uh, it's possible as well. So we'll see. So they push that back. And then the, what else is coming from Marvel? Um, the Thunderbolts movies push back like 2025 as well. And just a bunch of shakeups uh, coming from Avengers. Marvel. But yeah, the yeah. new Avengers films. And Secret um, Secret Wars, they had talked about that. And there's a rumor that uh, Tobey Maguire and Hugh Jackman was supposed to lead Secret Wars. Yeah. And I, I can kind of believe that. I can kind of believe that with them, you know, going back and and bringing back legacy characters and extended universe characters. Um, but uh, we'll see if they're ever utilized. You know, that'd be cool if yeah. they are. You know, obviously we're going to get Hugh and and Deadpool three. Um, and there's a rumor that Toby's supposed to make another cameo in Deadpool three, and we'll see if that stands. Yeah. But at least at this point, though, we're getting the Hollywood strikes over with and we're going to get these things continued on and get movies and television back to business. Yeah. Um, and uh, going so in it's, the right it's, direction. it's certainly good news, um, you know, that we can get things going again and uh, and um, make some good stuff because and James Gunn also announced we're going to move from Marvel to DC that that none of this will affect the reboot of the DC universe. That Superman is still on path 20 months from today. July 11th, 2025 for Superman Legacy. Um, so that's in the, he said, expect major casting announcements real soon as they hope to start production in February on the Superman um, Legacy. So yeah. good news. Hopefully news comes out of that and the, the Batman part two, hopefully news comes out from that as well. You know, as we start moving forward to get these movies made that we want to see. Um, and uh, speaking of DC, if you have not had a chance yet to see Blue Beetle, you don't have to wait that much longer. This coming Friday, the 17th of November, it'll be on HBO Max. Nice. Or or Max, whatever it's called. Did you see Blue Beetle? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I went, and uh, I we did. took, uh, I think. That's we right. You were in the theater everybody. next to me when I was watching it wide or something. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. If you haven't seen Blue Beetle, it'll be on Max uh, Friday, the 17th. So, uh, be down for watching that. Um, this is one of those shows that feels like a long time coming. We finally got a little teaser trailer for the He-Man revolution uh season two of kevin smith's uh animated series and that's going to hit in january and i'm excited for that really enjoyed those first uh, 10 episodes and looking forward to uh to that when it hits here in um just a few short weeks and then lastly we got a couple of trailers this week um i didn't even know they were making this we got a teaser trailer for inside out 2 i had no idea that pixar was yeah i didn't know they were making it that's i saw uh, that they uh they're adding an emotion. They're adding anxiety, which you know is a big emotion nowadays for people in the world yeah. we live in. Um, I felt like Inside Out didn't need a sequel. You know, it know, tells right? such a solid beginning to end story, which is kind of sad in some ways. Um, so you know, how do you top that? Uh, you know, we'll see. I, it, introducing anxiety, one of it's going to be a movie that deals with mental health. You know. Yeah, it's a that's a good question. Where where do they go with it? And uh is is it a story that needed to be elaborated on? Like you said, I, I felt like they they I felt like they did everything that they could have done. Mm-hmm. Um but uh you know, we'll see. You know, it was definitely a popular movie. Yeah. Um so if they're trying to go back to the well, you know, maybe it's uh maybe it's going to be good. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. Um we also this came out today. I don't know if you saw this. It's it doesn't show much. It's this brief teaser. I didn't even know they were making this. And as big fans of this franchise, they're doing a Terminator the anime for Netflix. 
What? Um, really? I didn't even know this was a thing, but apparently it's been in production for a while. Oh, and shit. I guess due to the strikes, they had not said anything about it. Now they have, and it said in two days, I guess a full trailer is coming in a couple days. Um, the trailer just says in two days the, the, you will know more or something like that. Um, so kind of cool. Oh shit. Yeah. You know, so we'll see how, how it works. Uh, hopefully it's well done. Um, you know, um, I don't know. I don't know what else to say Netflix. about it. That's pretty damn cool. And, and you know what? I'll, I'll talk about this. I finally I think I talked to you about it already, but Nike released Kyle Reese's oh, yeah, uh, Michael Bean's that. shoes. Uh, the term, uh, the Terminator high, to- uh, the Nike high tops that he steals out of the mall when he's hiding from the cops. Um, and, and, uh, uh, you know, they, they've got his replicas for kind of like a high price. It's like, they want like 125 for those shoes, oh, yeah. but you can save like 50, 60 bucks if you get them on an off color. So I got them in all black and oh, I ordered them. And uh, and I put them in Klarna, so I'm paying it in four payments, so I have to hit it all at once. And uh, I was like, I I had to get it because they look comfortable. They look comfortable. They look nice. I'm wearing my Converse. I've got like flat feet. I'm getting older, and maybe my arches don't you know work that well. You know, my feet are like jacked up. I don't know. Um, but uh, I'm gonna try them out. Hopefully, I get them in. And I can wear them around and feel like I'm saving. You know, Sarah Connor with them. Yeah. <laughs> Come with me if you want to live. <laughs> but we will jump back to 1984 for a minute. And uh, as we um, have a, our first trailer finally for Ghostbusters, the yes. sequel to After Life with the subtitle of Frozen Empire. Um, I'm not a huge fan of the subtitle. I know you like the Born Idea. It's like, yeah, it's okay. Feels kind of like, feels yeah. like Disney Star Wars ish. I don't know. Um, Why didn't they but, just call it Afterlife 2? Well, you know, because you know, that's not cool. You know. Yeah, I guess I guess it's too simple. Too, you know. Yeah, nah. I mean, it looked interesting. I mean, it looks like we're gonna get, you know, the one thing about Afterlife, you know, you only had the original Ghostbusters show up towards the end of the film. Um, it looks like they're gonna be involved in this one a little bit more, you know, than they were in the last one. Definitely gonna have some Winston in there, and we see Bill Murray make a cameo in there. Um, so, and well, Dan Aykroyd's in the trailer too, so you know we yeah. can see all the originals in the trailer. Um, as it looks like, uh, it takes place in New York city, going back to where it all began back, uh, 40 years ago. And this movie comes out during the 40th anniversary year of the original Ghostbusters as this will hit March, um, as of right now, pity no more delays, but delays should all be over. Right. Yeah. Cause it was already, it was supposed to come out in December. So yeah. now, and they pushed it back to March and I forget what they pushed ahead, um, to put it in March, uh, yeah, it was something that they wanted to push back. So they. Just kind of like leapfrogged it, but uh, yeah. I think I think at first it was going to be like uh, Ghostbusters Firehouse, right? That was um, the working title. Yeah, and so I this might be better, might be a better title. I don't know, uh, but uh, it's definitely looks kind of spooky. And some people are saying that they're they're expecting uh, Oscar uh, Venkman. Or Oscar Oscar Barrett, I guess you know the baby from that that was Dana's baby from Ghostbusters Two. That he's one of the characters in the movie. Some people are trying to make speculations based on the trailer um, who yeah. that uh, that extra guy character is. 
And, uh, but we'll see, you know, we'll see if uh, he's, you know, kind of the lights kind of shined upon his identity or not. Right. Yeah, we'll see. But I mean, hey, I'm always down for more Ghostbusters, so it should be fun to watch. And uh, yeah, man, always when fun it, when it comes out in March. And, uh, um, yeah, that was the other thing. Sony also, Sony did delay Venom now that the structure, but it's only delayed a few months. It's had to come out in the summer. I think it's come out in October, November. Maybe uh, it is Venom. Venom yeah. 3. So, yeah. But uh, so Ghostbusters Frozen Empire trailer out now and uh, watch that movie in March in theaters. My middle son is excited for it since he loves Ghostbusters. You know? <laughs> He's like, oh, and it comes out just after my birthday. I'm like, yep, that means you're not going to see it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, <Boo. laughs> all right. Well, uh, let's get into uh, today's feature film, a movie that uh, I know, I know. We should have probably released this last week. So the famous line from it, remember, remember the 5th of, of November. But yeah. you know what? We're going against the trend. We're bucking the trend. That's right. And uh, being different. That's but what Guy are, Fox would do. That's right. But we are yeah. talking a uh, 2001, I believe. Was that when this came out? 2003, maybe somewhere around there. Yeah, um, you know, early 2000. It's directed by James McTeague, and it's uh, produced by the Wachowski. Uh, at the time, they were brothers before they became sisters, and I, that's never going to be weird saying that ever. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, it is based on the uh, Alan Moore comic book from uh, the late 80s, early 90s, and that is V for Vendetta. And, uh, man, basically, this movie, I mean, to summarize this film, it's, uh, you know, we they live in a, it's an alternate society in a world in which a totalitarian government of the British Parliament has basically uh, implemented their own rules and kind of control the people, mm-hmm. in a sense. They have curfews, they're not only allowed to do certain things, they're kind of, uh, they can't, um, from what I got from it, they're kind of almost job-placed. Like they can't really do what they want to do and things like that. You know, like uh, from what I got was Evie's working for this TV station because she's told that she has to. Yeah. She's not really given a choice. And uh, and things are just kind of mundane. People just live their lives in this totalitarian government. And uh, but things get shooken up a little bit whenever um, on November 5th, a famous landmark gets destroyed and, and Evie witnesses it because she's out after dark, even though she's not supposed to be. And uh, and it, it's done by a, a man who calls himself V wearing a Guy Fox mask. And the prequel to the film early on, we witness uh, Guy Fox uprising against uh, the government uh, in before trying when he to was blow up Parliament. Trying yeah. to blow up Parliament whenever he was uh, alive, and he became a symbol of um, of anti government, yeah, resistance, anti government yeah. for for the people, and and you know. Um, so V wears this guy Fox mask and starts his own form of terrorism as he uh, kills some members of uh, important people of the government, the parliament and society. And he, uh, and he captures, not captures Evie, but saves her. And because he believes that she uh, might want to work for his cause in a sense, he, even though he tries to get to know her and he tells her his plan that a year from now, I'm going to destroy parliament and, and uh, people and a really important lie in the film where people should not be afraid of their government. Government shouldn't be afraid of their people. Yeah. which is uh, the foundation in which a lot of countries were built on hundreds of years ago. Um, yeah. And, and this movie, so essentially it flashes to a year later in which a lot has happened in that year. This is a complex movie to get into, but uh, he does go through with his plan a year later and, and with some help from Evie uh, after he uh, convinces the, to her that she should no longer be afraid and to be on her side after he saves her a second time from uh, her people. He, he basically, I don't even want to say he tortures her, but he uh, puts her under high distress. 
Yes. By, by kidnapping. It makes her, her think she was, you know, tra- uh, trapped or, or taken by, by Sutler's men. Yeah. Chancellor yes. Sutler's men. And, and the, the crazy thing, a lot of, I, I see a lot of uh, British people make uh, reviews about this film um, because obviously where, where it takes place. Right. And then the premise in which the British government in this film took power and, you know, the, the fascist type of power that they took was based on a lie because they fabricated a virus in St. Mary's, the St. Mary's University, to scare people into giving up their freedom. Mm. So they used a virus to try and give people the notion that they needed to give up their freedom for a little bit more security. Right. And instead implemented this like high surveillance. Everything is monitored. You can't, you can't own a Quran. You can't own uh, art, you know? So it, I feel it's like, you know, it's almost like equilibrium somewhat in a sense where you can't own certain things. Uh, and, and it's, uh, you know, some people talk about, they're like, well, oh, man, any, you know, this is like this touching close to home with the COVID stuff, you know, right dystopian out. Any movie that features dystopian societies is going to have similarities. Yeah, um, yeah but yeah, no, this movie. Out of each other's books. Well, I think that's a real important thing about this film is um, that uh, it, it does hit a little close to home to things we're dealing with in 2023 um, across the world. Is the landscape of the world has changed in, in 20 years since this movie came out, and um, you know, and but they I did in some huh? kind of tar- they did kind of tart. Some people, I, I, I don't know if this is true or not, but I, I heard someone say that uh, the Wachowskis were were sort of vocal during the Patriot Act, um, and you know that that was some of the inspiration to some of this stuff because there is like surveillance, like audio surveillance and stuff like that, and narrative spinning. The government mm-hmm. controls all the uh, media and says, "Okay, how are we going to spin this?" Uh, you know, basically. Um, so. I don't know if that's true because it's like maybe well, it's hard to say. I, I mean, I well, this know. is adapted from a comic book, so how much you know? Alan Moore. Well, he does. He kind of. Uh, I guess he didn't like this film. Well, he doesn't and, like anything that's made on his stuff. I mean, hey, yeah. it's like everyone's like, "Well, why'd you sell it? You know, <laughs> why'd you sell right. it if you didn't want someone else to do something with it? You know." But uh, yeah, I guess he didn't really agree I mean, with how they did it. Go down the list of things he did: Watchmen, From Hell, uh, V for Vendetta. Uh, some of his Swamp Thing stuff was loosely adapted in the DC series. Yeah. Uh, you know, the guy doesn't like anything that's made that he had anything to do with. I mean, he's just, that's just how he is. He's know? never happy. Never happy. <laughs> but, uh, but that said, though, this film, though, out of all the Alan Moore adaptions, I think that have been done, this might be the best. I mean, this is a really solid film, really well done. Um, Hugo Weaving plays V. Of course, Natalie Portman plays Evie, and they're both really good in the film. Yes. Um, Hugo does a tremendous job uh, displaying for someone who has no no face in the film. Right. A mask is covering his face. He shows so much emotion, right? And he and they he had to re-record his lines because they couldn't hear through the mask. You know, it yeah. was only the only people could hear were the people that were really acting in front of him. <laughs> um, so they had to re-record his lines. So he had to do all this stuff twice and convey that emotion through his voice and recording a second time, also while doing it on set and. Um, and he's really good in the movie. Uh, Natalie Portman is excellent in the film. She's really good. Yes. You know, uh, actually, this film across the board is well acted. I started thinking about this. It's got a really good cast. You know, the 
with, with um, John Hurt. He's in it. You know, he's fantastic. Um, as, as, oh, as, as Sutler? Department leaders. Yeah. Uh, everyone's well, good the, in the movie. The Chancellor. Yeah, and what's funny Chancellor. is he's from 1984. You know, a movie about how the government controls all the narratives of society and, and everything and the, the Ministry of Truth and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And and you have kind of like this Ministry of Truth there. So I think it's just perfect casting having Sutter yeah. there, you know. Um, the movie plays, and, and I've never read the comic, which is amazing because I've read a lot of comics and I've never read it, but I'm sure the comic's very similar. This is where I read it. It is. It's very for similar. the most part, yeah. Um, you know, it plays on the the popularity of fears of how your government lies to you and how it treats you, and and V is that voice against all of that, telling people that you know it's okay to fight back against your government. You know, you don't have to listen to everything they say. Yeah. You don't have to do everything they say. And in some ways, this is one of those movies where you, um, v, even though V is is portrayed through the eyes of the people. Or the government that is as a terrorist, you're you find yourself on his side 100. percent Oh he's yeah, the, he's also the hero of the story because you believe in what he's doing. And then and I think when Alan Moore probably wrote this book and everything, being British himself, he probably took a lot of these sensibilities and ideas from way he felt growing up. You know, is my what's how's my government treating me? How are they lying to me? And um, and it's right there on the, on the screen too. Is uh, it's something we've all felt. And you don't have to be British to understand that in this movie. You can be of any nationality in any government to feel like, man, are they always telling me the truth? You know? Exactly. You know, no one, no one's, you know, government's batting a thousand. You know, you got right. something's, ha- you know, there's some, you know, drops here and there. You know, they're, they're throwing interceptions and probably not telling you about it, uh, you know. But, uh, yeah, to, to where they go with this, it's... Uh, you know, and in the comics, uh, V is Alan Moore says V is more of an anarchist than a, a freedom fighter. And here he's more uh, of the freedom of a freedom fighter. Um, and, and Evie in the comic book, she's a, she's a streetwalker and she's actually out after dark because she's, you know, she's hoeing around. She's not, you know, she wasn't getting, you know, dressed up so she could go to that, uh, you know, TV host's house, um, like like she is in the film, and and working uh, for the uh, the television station. So that I do like that one outfit she had on. <laughs> hey, yeah, right at the beginning, it wasn't much of one, but it was yeah. uh, definitely something she had on. But she's what she was like nineteen or twenty when she did this film. Uh, and she had to be a little older than that. I don't know, man. This was she after episode the, one. No, whenever she she had to go to the. Uh, to the priest's quarters or whatever that that little outfit she had to wear it's pretty cutesy you know why it's pretty cutesy um but yeah she this is 2005 so she was like 24 already her background story is is pretty much tit for tat the same in the comic book her parents were freedom fighters they did um you know where they were activists against the government and the government did shut them down and basically you know lock them away um put black bags over their heads lock them in solitary confinement stuff like that um so they got a lot of stuff right um and uh some people some people are critical about this film like uh with the the masks you know that he has for all the innocent people working in the you know theater or in the uh tv station whenever it's raided 
And they're like, Where, where's the real V? You know, there's all these people in right. V masks. So like, wouldn't someone notice if someone ordered all these Guy Fox masks? <laughs> and they're like, well, who's ordering all these? Let's backtrace well, it. I thought that, but I also thought that um, that was my thought was like, okay, he did this over several years. I mean, V didn't plan this over a matter of a few days or months. You know, this exactly. is probably something he did for years. You know, he, he may not, you got to think, he may not even, this is a one of those movies where this is its own world. Who says there's any kind of Amazon or shipping? He might have been buying these little by little on his own. Exactly. Hell, in that thing he had out there, he could have had all the he could have made them himself. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't know how V did went about this over the years, you know. Yeah, that's kind of what I gathered from that. You know, he he had time to build this plan. Requires you, know? you to be a a true believer. It's just like why why did he trust Evie? I have to have I have to think maybe he was watching her a little bit before this that he knew. Well, you know, some people try and say that he is, he was her father. Yeah. That's, or her brother. That's like the speculation. Alan Moore denies that, says, no, that's not him. He's unknown. Uh, and, and that, you know, what, what she says at the end, and which really kind of like ties it together is like, he, you know, he's everybody. He's me. He's you. Mm-hmm. He's my father. He's my mother. He's my, my brother. Right. He's all of us. Uh, and so, you know, that's a pretty good line. Um, but, uh, but yeah, man, um, you know, who knows who he is. Right. Uh, and it's cool that it's a mystery because you'll just never know. And it keeps this conversation going, mm. you know, man, what if he is, you know, uh, who knows? One thing I really like about this movie too, is I, I like movies that um, are able to take, you basically have essentially two main characters in this film, uh, V and Evie and their mm-hmm. stories you get to learn a lot about both of them through both their tellings of their stories and each other. And, uh, but, and it, and it comes together and works so well, you understand V's point of view. You also understand Evie's point of view mm-hmm. and you, and you, you understand why she would help him at the end and why he was willing to help her. Cause you, you think like, why would he choose her? And then why would she choose to help him after what he did to her? And the fact is that, he builds trust with her. He tells her you can walk away, but she comes back. He asks her, if I give you one thing, you come back before the 5th of November so I can see you one last time. Mm-hmm. And she does, you know, and, and he ends up, and she ends up helping him finish what he started. Um, you know, and, and even Stephen Ray, who plays the cop, even by the end of the film, the, the inspector, he even realizes that V is right. You know, he, he, well, you can maybe tell goes at a, the beginning he doesn't. He goes he's against his fan of the he, and he still goes against his moral sensibilities a little bit, but he realizes yeah. he he's comes around at the end, like, you know, the, this is the right thing to do. And he allows her to let the train go and let part of it be blown up. And they let you know they let you know that other people high, uh, you know, highly you know prolific uh, position people are are you know having uh, disgust and and. Uh, not really supporting the chancellor with the, uh, that TV host, um, that, mm. that Evie is talking to and he creates that, uh, <laughs> that's sitcom or, oh, or yeah. uh, that hilarious bit with the, with the chancellor, uh, Sutler. And, uh, that's, that's pretty, pretty damn funny where he's mm. like walking around. Oh, look, it's the terrorist. And then they're like playing that, uh, that circus music. Or yeah. Circus music. Yeah. That was pretty funny. And then he's like, "Whoa, they're not going to do anything." And then they like just fuck him up and beat the shit out of him, you know, shove stuff up his butt, and then put a bag over his head and execute him. 
And right. It's like, yeah, which, they're just going to have me do some charity work. Like, no, which was interesting because it <laughs> the parallels of him getting cap, cap captured paralleled what happened to Evie's parents. You know. Um, yeah, she had to hide under the bed just like yeah, just like one yeah. of her parents, and had to watch it happen. But just uh, you know, I just I saw this movie. I, I saw this in theaters when it came out. Then I, I think I watched it one other time later and I hadn't watched it in, you know, probably 20 years or almost 20 years since it came out. And I just forgot like, just how remarkably well done this movie is. I mean, it's, you know, we talk about the best Marvel and DC films sometimes, and this is probably amongst the best DC films. It doesn't get enough credit, you know, it um, really does. It's, it's yeah. really well done. Well acted. It tells a really engaging story. Um, I, I also think that it, because it is a a fake government a fake world that you can enjoy this a little bit more even though it plays on the fears of government and things like that it's not it's not quite as frightening as watching like a, a real war movie you know, if that makes sense because yeah. it, it's we still know it's it's all pretend in this film um where sometimes you watch a movie that deals with real world, real world aspects or real world historical things um, it gets a little scarier if that makes sense. Um, yeah, because you're like, oh, this actually happened. You yeah, know? even though Guy Fox was a real person, there is some historical uh, facts in this film. It's still based overall on a uh, what if scenario. You know, if the government uh, became what they did in this film. Um, but it, but it, I just really enjoyed rewatching this week. Um, uh, the movie looked sharp as ever in high definition on on, on Max. You know, is where I watched it. And, uh, and I was like, this is a really good looking film. It's really well shot. Strangely, James McTeague has not had a huge uh, directing career since this movie. You know, he's done yeah. a couple of things, but nothing, uh, nothing as good as this film. Uh, um, but he's definitely got an eye for talent, but also makes you wonder how much the Wachowski's had to do with the directing of this film as well. A lot even of people were say, you know, hey, you know, even though they were, they were making the Matrix films, the last Matrix films that year, did they have more a hand in this than they right. let on? Yeah, because it feels more like one of their movies than it does the James McTeague film. That's for oh, sure. Oh, for sure. I, yeah. I would agree with that. Um, but uh, definitely a good movie. If you've never watched V for Vendetta, you know, it's it's definitely worth the watch. Um, great performances by all involved in it. Um, Hugo Weaving's phenomenal in the mass. And it, it, he's one of those guys that just watching him in The Matrix and the Lord of the Rings films and this, like, um, I always felt like, man, he, not that he didn't have a big career, but like, I always felt like this guy should have gotten some primo, you know, roles, you know, Definitely, but he somehow man. ended up in two of the most popular trilogies of all time, you know, with a uh, Lord of the Rings and, uh, and, um, and the matrix. matrix. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's something we need to go to show up in Star Wars, man. Dude, he would be a good Star Wars character. He, play, he would be a badass Sith Lord. Oh, I'm, I'm glad you said that because yes. I'm like, I'm thinking same thing, Sith. Yeah. I don't think he'd be a good Jedi. I mean, no, he no. could do it. He could do it. Yeah. But I think he's such a good bad guy, you know, yeah. or or that, uh, you know, frenemy type Maybe character. he could take over as Balin Skull. Oh, yeah. Hugo could do it. Hugo could do it, man. He really could. Yeah. But, uh, and, and what's crazy is uh, I, I I don't know the character's uh, the actor's name, but you know I know you've seen um, a Knight's Tale and uh, the Prince of Wales who ends up uh, dubbing um, Heath Ledger's character a knight uh, and and making him legit at the end. He was supposed to be V. He started out with it and then he stopped. So Hugo, uh, you know, started 
a ways in. And then, you know, that's another reason why uh, he had to dub over as well. Yeah. Um, you know, he had to dub over some of that. Uh, but yeah, some of he some of this footage is, is him and that guy in the suit, um, which uh, is interesting. But I'm glad we got Hugo, man. I'm glad we got yeah, Hugo. I didn't know that. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you said something about a nice show. It made me think something else. And uh, now I've completely forgot what that thought was. It doesn't really matter, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> but uh, <coughs> but yeah, uh, V for Vendetta, man. Good movie. Um, next week on the show, we are going to bring uh, – next week will be this month in pop culture – History that'll be next week. So uh, yeah, you know, if anyone that was maybe expecting it this week, sorry, it'll be next week. Next um, week, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, but next week we've got a good movie coming. Man, there's a new movie coming out in theaters in a couple weeks, and uh, a new a new Toho production Japanese version of Godzilla minus one, which is a uh, making a shit ton of money in Japan where it just released one of the biggest openings ever for a Japanese film. Um, mm-hmm. Rave reviews. People are saying it's one of the best Godzilla films ever made, which is. Sure, there's 37 films. That's that's a lot. Um, and that is Godzilla minus one, which hits theaters stateside December 1st. Um, I'm definitely gonna go see this with, with my boys that Saturday, probably at some point, the second when it comes out. And um, so looking forward to that. So before then, we're gonna uh backtrack to just a few years to so 2014, whenever uh Warner Brothers and Legendary Pictures got the rights to uh, reboot the Godzilla franchise for American audiences with a uh, director Gareth Edwards. Um, who no, was it Edwards or Evans? Did I get the wrong Evans? Evans, Rogue One, Gareth Edwards is the Raid films, right? Yeah, damn it, Matt, you're gonna make me look this up on IMDb. We have to, we cannot give people false information. I know, right? We must tell them the truth. We can't just shoot from the hip like the Duke, the great Duke. And it is, well, uh, Gareth Edwards, I was right the first time. Oh, okay, Gareth, Gareth. Garrett Evans is the raid guys. Garrett Edwards is the okay. Godzilla guy. Yeah, they, know, some of these Edwards guys need to get a different name. Get a name, yeah, right? get a you know a nice code name. You know, so like we're going to talk uh, 2014's you know? Godzilla. I want to talk to somebody in charge. You are not fooling anybody when you say that what happened was a natural disaster. You're lying. It was not an earthquake. It wasn't a typhoon. Because what's really happening is that you're hiding something out there. And it is gonna send us back to the Stone Age. In 1954, we awakened something. Well, there's nuclear tests in the Pacific. Not tests. They were trying to kill it. You have no idea what's coming. Can you kill it? 
is thinking nature is in our control. And not the other way around. And, you know, this movie is, uh, you know, I'm, I like it. Don't love it, but I like it. It's a good start. I, I like the sequel, King of Monsters, a little bit more. Just because I'll get to that more next week. Well, let's just put it this way. It takes an hour in the new Godzilla before we get any action, and then we get his foot. Yes. And then we have to I wait about that. 15 minutes before we get more action. So that's probably, and I know you have to build story, blah, 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 but God damn, I'm watching a Godzilla movie. Let me see him fuck some shit up, you know? Yeah. It's like uh, 1920s porn. Okay. They show you an ankle and they expect you to get excited. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so that and more next week, 1920s porn, when we discuss 2014's Godzilla, just yes. a couple weeks before Godzilla minus one hits uh, American theaters on next week's show um but until then we appreciate you for listening this uh the rebel radio podcast.com is where you can find all your rebel radio needs as always and um just continue to be safe out there this has been mark this has been matt until next time remember as always just, just go there, go and, do there it. and do it do it